Welcome to this first episode of Puck University, where every fight song ends in a Civ chant. I'm your host, Tim Williams, and I'm going to take you through the world of college hockey weekly. This week, we get started on the right skate. I was lucky enough to interview one of the top women's players in the country in Sarah Potomac of Minnesota, and I also sat down with University of Michigan seniors Nolan DeYoung and Max Short to talk about the Wolverines' final road trip of the season. I'll also recap Thursday night's action, set the stage for this weekend's games, and preview the big matchups for tonight and Saturday, all this week on Puck University on Blog Talk Radio and the American Sports Network. Last night, Hockey East took a dramatic turn in its final weekend. The number 5 UMass Lowell Riverhawks went down to Connie Forum and took a 4-1 win over the number 14 Boston College Eagles. Lowell led 1-0 coming into the third, where Austin Cangelosi scored just 25 seconds in to tie the game, but Norm Bazin's squad stayed in control, paced by two Joe Gambardella goals to win on a surge of third period tally. The win puts Massachusetts Lowell within striking distance of a possible regular season Hockey East title. With 27 in-conference points and one game left to play, a win tonight at 8.30 on ASN would give the Riverhawks a chance to take the conference title if Boston University and Notre Dame split their weekend series. That is to say, Hockey East just got very complicated. BC needs to win and get help to get their regular season title now. A Boston University sweep of Notre Dame gives the Terriers the bragging rights. If Notre Dame should sweep those games and Lowell wins tonight, the Fighting Irish will take it. Four teams have a possibility of a regular season championship here in the last weekend, and all four will be featured in tonight's ASN doubleheader, starting with number 6 BU hosting number 13 Notre Dame at a Gannis Arena. Playoff seeding is also on the line in Hockey East. Providence, Notre Dame, and Massachusetts Lowell are all competing to see who gets the final two first-round buys in the conference playoffs. The odd team out will have to play next weekend against Massachusetts, games where they'll be heavily favored, but games none of them would like to play. Below that tier, Vermont, Merrimack, and Northeastern are all hoping to lock up home ice advantage in their first-round playoff matchups while watching scoreboards to see if they can improve those matchups. Merrimack in particular has been on a roll of late, but as it stands, they would play Connecticut in the ever-dangerous Tage Thompson next weekend at Lawler Arena. In NCHC action, number 2 Minnesota Duluth survived a challenge at home against Miami University, with Avery Peterson putting the game-winning goal through with just under two minutes to play in a 4-3 win. Adam Johnson also contributed a goal and an assist. For their regular season title, Duluth will need a little help from number 18 St. Cloud State. The Huskies need to split with the top-ranked Denver Pioneers at Magnus Arena, while the Bulldogs complete their sweep of Miami, that would give Minnesota Duluth their first regular season t conference title since 1993. Such a turn of events would also likely give UMD the number one ranking at the end of the regular season, as they're currently a very close second in the latest USCHO poll. On the women's side of the college game, conference playoffs are underway. 
Boston College got things started in the Hockey East Tournament yesterday afternoon, dispatching Merrimack 4-0. The Eagles were led with a goal and two assists from Megan Keller. Katie Burke stopped all 20 shots she saw. And 6th-ranked Boston College is in a prime position to move on. They continue their series this afternoon. Minnesota Duluth, also ranked second nationally, started out the WCHA tournament with a shutout of their own, jumping all over St. Cloud State in a 5-0 win. Demi Crossman and Laura Stadler both had a pair of goals in the easy victory. They continue their series this afternoon as well. Speaking of the women's WCHA tournament, I was lucky enough to get to talk this week with standout Minnesota sophomore Sarah Potomac, the eighth scorer in the nation and one of the top players on the two-time defending national champion Golden Gophers squad. Sarah, who's also part of the Canadian national team, has 17 goals and 29 assists on the season. As the postseason rolls around, last year's most outstanding player at the Frozen Four looks to put her game at another level like she did in Durham last spring. That interview's coming up after this short break. You're listening to Puck University on Blog Talk Radio and the American Sports Network. Join us for exciting live college hockey now. Watch the puck drop as the Notre Dame Fighting Irish battle the Boston University Terriers. Then stay tuned for more hard-racing action as the Boston College Eagles carve up the ice and face the UMass Lowell Riverhawks. Don't miss out on this exciting night of puck play next Friday night beginning at 6 p.m. on the American Sports Network. Follow us at live on ASN. Welcome back to Puck University. As the women's conference tournaments are just beginning to start this weekend, we have from the WCHA, where two, where three of the top four teams are in the country right now, we have from the two-time defending national champion University of Minnesota Golden Gophers, forward Sarah Ponimek. Sarah. Hello. <laughs> last year, the National Rookie of the Year. Last year, the Frozen Four Most Outstanding Player at the Whittemore Center back east. We often call that Lake Wit. The big open ice. Yeah. Um, do you like the big open ice? I I see you also play with the women's national team for Canada, so the international rinks might be might be yeah. um well suited for you, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, the Whitmore Center last year was more than was was like bigger than Olympic. I felt like it was skating on an ocean sometimes, but it was lots of fun. Yeah, their official dimensions are listed as Olympic, but I've heard that before. It's it's mm-hmm. one of the um, it, it's one of the more wide open ices yeah, anywhere. Sure. So, but um, speaking of different ice sheets, mm-hmm. the something really interesting about Minnesota this year, because the WCHA semifinals and finals are being held at Ritter Arena. Mm-hmm. If Minnesota takes another road trip, it will be to the Frozen Four. So what does home ice at Ritter Arena mean to this team? Yeah, um, our team always does well whenever we have home ice advantage, especially at Ritter. Um, the fans that we get and the support is incredible. Um, I'd, I'd say we have probably one of the best fan bases 
um, in women's college hockey. So just for us um, to be able to play in front of that crowd and the support that we get from them helps us so much. And just like the energy that they bring for us to the game um, is incredible. Yeah, Minnesota, since their program has gone varsity, the Minnesota mm-hmm. women's program has been in the top two of attendance every wow. year. So that's, they really do, yeah. they they support their women's team extremely well. They do love their hockey up in Minnesota as, yeah. you know, as they would need to. And it's certainly, a, they have quite a tradition with six NCAA championships and a pre-NCAA championship before that. So yeah. two-time defending national champions and coming off the win last year. What are, what's the um, tone like in practice preparing for this WCHA tournament with that large pedigree that's following Minnesota hockey? Yeah, we definitely have um, had a lot of success in the past, but I think one thing that every team that every winning team that year um, never thought about the past or what happened or, or too far into the future. They're just kind of staying in the moment and sticking in the now. So for us, it's easy to always think about all oh, the frozen four and whatnot, but we have to get there first. So um, this weekend we have Bemidji and right now we're just focusing on Bemidji and um, winning that series and just keeping things loose on the ice. Also, I think it's just really big for us right now. In the season series with Bemidji State, Minnesota won three games, Bemidji State won one. Mm-hmm. Bemidji State goalie Brittany Mowat has three shutouts against Minnesota in her career. She yeah. Certainly she takes a lot of shots and she, she does a very good job as, as the goaltender. When you have a goaltender that has that kind of a history, is there anything different in practice or, or is it? do you have to prepare the same for every opponent? Um. Well, I think in our league, we definitely have um, lots of good goaltenders, just like Davian and um, the goalie from Duluth. So I think that's just something that we kind of always remember um, each week in practice, just uh, working on scoring and um, and shooting with lots of screens in front of the net because everything that's just the normal. Um, I hope that you really um, it's going to be huge for us in getting as many shots as we can through. Minnesota plays highly disciplined hockey, lots of assists, lots of great passing, and the mm-hmm. fewest penalty, penalty minutes per game in the country. I think everyone who's so much has watched a game of hockey has to know, how do you find so much order in a chaotic game to play such disciplined hockey? <laughs> um, I think that's just in one of our, it's in our culture, is just to be disciplined, um, in the games and practices, in the gym and school, and so that just kind of carries out onto the ice. Is just um, if someone gives us an extra shot or something, just not retaliating. Uh, message. So I think just um, yeah, just being really disciplined throughout the entire game is something that we focus on. And um, scoring on the penalty is pretty hard. If we can stay out of the box as much as possible, essential for us. College hockey is a unique atmosphere, and you've played in a lot of different forms of hockey. You've been playing with national teams, national junior teams, with a with an academy team. What stands out to you that's unique about the college hockey experience that you really haven't experienced on any other level of hockey? 
Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest things, I guess, is just the things that you go through during college um, and experience them with the people and teammates on your team is really special. Um, with Team Canada, it's just such a, it's a, such, such a short-term competition that um, you don't really get to develop the re- relationships that you do in college. And I think just the things that you go through in college are so much different than um, in high school. So, I don't know, you're just it's my second family, I guess, and home away from home. So the biggest thing would just be the relationships that are formed and going through these things and winning. For example, last year, the NCAA was probably one of the best wins I've ever felt, just being able to win it with that. So, yeah, I think just um, the friendships and um, the experiences that you get to do in college is really special. Now, your last weekend of the regular season, the Golden Gophers played the Wisconsin Badgers, currently the number one team in the latest USCHO poll. The two games are registered nationally as ties, but they went to shootouts. Wisconsin won Friday night. Minnesota won Saturday night. This has turned into one of the greatest rivalries in all of college hockey. So... Mm -hmm. What are those games with Minnesota like? Did, does it take on a different feel during the game, or is it really just when you look when you look back at the schedule, wow, what great games they have with this particular team? Yeah. Um, playing Wisconsin is always um, super fun, and I know when the schedule comes up, we're looking at – when the schedule comes up, we're looking um, when we play them. Um I think every time every time we play them, just that week in practice is just um, extra special and extra excite- exciting. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is whenever we play them is just not to get too excited or get or waste our energy um, just thinking about the game. But playing them is really fun. It's just such good hockey, and both teams are so equal. And the scores this past weekend just prove how far team has come this year. And just knowing that we're ready um, to go for playoffs and um, have a good shot of bringing it, bringing it home. Would you like to speak to the feeling of not just getting named to play for the national team, not just getting to play for Canada's national team, but doing so with your sister? Yeah. Um, that, it, that experience that me and Amy had together playing um, over Christmas together on the, on the national team was so special. Um, it's been a dream growing up. So, that was just really incredible for us to be able to do that. And hopefully we can do that again in the future, but um, she's coming to Minnesota. So it's going to be really cool to have her on this team and play together for a couple of years. We're in the M um, and hopefully we can win a couple of national championships together and be able to experience that as well. Well, it certainly would be a good place to start with Minnesota's history <laughs> and with their current status as the defending national champions. Does that does it feel like there's an extra target on your back now? Yeah, I think um, since we've had so much so much success in the past, no one wants to see us do well. So whenever we play any team in the country, um, we always get their best game. Um, when we're on the road, we always get their best um, fan base. So I think we definitely have a huge target, and every time we win or are more successful, the target just continues to grow. And um, I think that's just cool for us and extra motivation just to keep um, doing our thing and staying focused um, as a group and humble and um, just keeps us working harder and pushes us to get better. 
Minnesota takes on Bemidji State Friday night at 6.07 Central Time. The second game of the series is 4.07 on Saturday afternoon into evening. And there may be a game on Sunday, but certainly the other end of this interview, I'm sure, is hoping it's just a nice quick two-game series and on to the next. Thank you very much for coming on. Sarah Potomac one of the top college hockey players in the country, the eighth leading scorer. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Sam. One of my favorite things about college hockey is the unique set of rivalries that the sport brings. With so many schools whose only notable program in a major sport is played on ice, there are a lot of intense local rivalries that only exist on the sheet. But not so much this weekend, as in the Big Ten, the Michigan Wolverines head down to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. That, of course, is a rivalry that extends well beyond hockey, to the point that people who went to either of those schools and don't necessarily love the sport are still going to smile when they see the score on a scroll somewhere and they see that their school won a game against the other. If you invented a sport today, by tomorrow, Michigan and Ohio State would be major rivals in that sport. Of course, few would know that better than a couple of seniors facing the Buckeyes for the last time. As the still new Big Ten Hockey Conference finds its footing and builds some history, this rivalry will be critical. And to that end, I sat down with Max Short and Nolan DeYoung to discuss the matchup as well as their memories of playing for one of the nation's most storied hockey programs. Welcome back to Puck University. I'm joined here by a pair of University of Michigan seniors making their final road trip, Max Schurt and Nolan DeYoung. How's it going? Great. How are both of you coming off practice? A little tired, but doing all right. We got a bit of a bus trip ahead of us out to Ohio, so it's, uh, getting settled down here. Okay, and and of course this weekend the Wolverines will be taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus as the Big Ten regular season starts to wind down. There are three weekends left. Gentlemen, yeah, that's right. Uh, Looking forward to this weekend, you know, Michigan-Ohio State, big rivalry, so we're looking forward to getting down to Columbus and uh, having two good games. Yeah, I think that's where my first question has to go. Uh, obviously, college hockey has a number of really unique rivalries that only really exist in college hockey, but then there are a few that stand out as across multiple sports, and I don't think there are any bigger than Michigan and Ohio State. So of all the games with certain intensity, and Michigan has a lot of them on the schedule every year, how did the Ohio State game stand out? I think it's pretty big. It's, um, we obviously have a lot of rivalries against uh, teams like Michigan State and things like that, but I think the Ohio State one extends out to a lot more than just through hockey. I think the whole university as a, as a whole has um, that rivalry and that hatred between the two schools. So um, no matter if it's spring break or whenever it is, if there's not a lot of students on campus, there always seems to be a good turnout for these games. Um, and there'll be uh, be a lot of fans there, I'd expect. Nolan, as a defenseman, you're not necessarily looking for goals, but you do have four this year. And uh, I, I guess the the big question would be, even though you're not necessarily looking for goals, how good did that first one feel in your senior year? Uh, I'd say it felt pretty good to get the monkey off my back. I 
the guys give me a, a little bit of a hard time for the last three years because I haven't scored a goal. Um, but, you know, my role isn't necessarily to put pucks in the net, but to more keep them out of our net. Um, but it definitely felt good. And then to kind of get the, the three more uh, to be at four right now definitely feels good. It feels good to be able to contribute uh, to the team offensively because that's obviously uh, one of the reasons you play the game is put the puck in the back of the net. So it definitely felt really, really good. And Max, according to the University of Michigan Media Guide and to your website, you list Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, and the old-time hockey generation as heroes. Now, I'm up in Boston, so Bobby Orr as a hero is music to my ears, certainly. How does that really – do you try and model your play off of the greats of old, These um, this footage of – of these great players that have come by in, in the past. And it, it's certainly great to hear from a student of the game. Yeah, exactly. You know, I wouldn't say I try to model my game too much off those guys. Of course, the game has changed so much over the years. It's uh, a lot different now than when Bobby Orr is wheeling around out there without a helmet on. But, uh, you know, those guys you just look up to no matter what you are involved in the hockey community. I mean, they're all-time greats to the game, so it's just special to uh, – you know, even see pictures of those guys or old video of them buzzing around. You know, always been exciting for me to watch those guys play hockey, especially, you know, being a Michigan guy, watching Gordie Howe and the impact he had on hockey in Detroit. It's just uh, pretty special to think about some of the guys that have come before you playing this fun game. Well, and as you said, the Michigan guy, how about going to play a game every year at Joe Lewis Arena? which um, unfortunately it's we're we're all saying goodbye to Joe Lewis Arena this year but how about getting to play that annual game there where, where the Red Wings play and where all these great banners are hanging above yeah that's been special uh definitely a highlight each year on the calendar that game to uh go down to the Joe the place where you watch the Wings growing up through these last you know 15 plus years you can remember and just knowing the special atmosphere down there with the success the Red Wings have had over the years I'd say that's a pretty special feeling every year. Uh, it's a little disappointing for us guys being seniors. We're going to miss the uh, new rank by year, go down to that little Caesars arena. That place is going to be pretty special down there. Yeah, that's they've certainly put a lot of effort into that. It's going to it's going to be a brand new building for a place that loves its hockey and has so much of a tradition. So that will be interesting. But Joe Lewis Arena has its own history, and that, that's something I had to ask about. And I also would like to know, this is, as as you're both seniors, this is the first graduating class that's played their entire careers in the Big Ten, this new conference. It's still very small. It's still kind of finding its footing, yet it's the only conference in college hockey that exists outside of college hockey. Is there anything particularly different, do you think, that – Playing in the Big Ten, I know as it's the only conference you've played in, there might not be much to compare it against. But do you think there's this special atmosphere to being that the pioneers of the Big Ten, so to speak? Um, I think the the, the atmosphere is definitely um, electric. I think every building you go to, especially now that teams like Wisconsin and uh, Ohio State are, are more competitive than they were necessarily in the first couple of years, um, like Wisconsin was right on top of us and, and give us a near fall all game. So um, the competition is is phenomenal, I think. I think uh, no matter where you are, if you look at the teams that are that are leading the Big Ten right now, they're teams that 
were definitely competitive at the beginning of the year, but teams necessarily like maybe like a Penn State who was ranked like a top two team throughout the first half of the year is not necessarily quite there, but still knocking at the door. But um, the thing about Big Ten hockey is that anything can happen. Um, and you've seen that for all four years. There's so much parity within the league that uh, every single game means so much. Yeah, I would just add to that also. You know, I think the Big Ten Conference has really been great for college hockey. You know, you get these big programs and big followings that really can draw a crowd, you know, night in, night out. It's been pretty cool to see these teams. You know, you see everyone four times a year, so you really have a rivalry with every Big Ten team. So it's, you know, pretty cool, pretty competitive hockey, and it's exciting night in, night out. And to that end, you were both on the first Michigan team to win the Big Ten last year as you won the Big Ten tournament with the Wolverines. That's since the since the conference began, Michigan's first conference championship. So, so there's that as well. Yeah, that's definitely exciting. I think uh, we had a bit of a, a sour taste in our mouths the, the first couple of years because we uh, had a pretty good opportunity to win it. And then for last year, with a pretty special group of guys, I think we were we were super excited and, you know, very honored to be uh, be that first team to hoist that trophy, first of many. Since both of you have played in the junior leagues before playing college hockey and you've played, well, your whole lives, how would you say college hockey is unique, that it provides an experience that you might not have gotten on any other level and you might not be getting on any other level moving forward? Yeah, I think the big thing for college hockey is, of course, you come away with a degree. I mean, you don't get that in other, like, semi-pro junior leagues, like the CHL leagues up in Canada. So I think that's uh, a really unique part of it. And just the whole college experience, I mean, we could talk about that all day. It's been – you know, just a great time here here at Michigan, meeting so many friends, so many people that you're going to, you know, be connected with the rest of your life just through the maize and blue. So I think that's a really special thing about college hockey, especially at Michigan. And then for me, actually, my brother does play up in the WHL. Um, so I have a pretty good idea of kind of the comparison. But I think just for college, like, I think the, ma- the maturing process happens a lot more rapidly than it does uh, in other leagues because you're kind of thrown into a situation where you have to, you're paying rent in our situation like you're renting houses you're paying bills you're kind of dealing with everyday household things and having to deal with regular like real life situations um that you don't necessarily get like living with with a bill of family and things like that like it's definitely um maybe a benefit of, of playing in those leagues because um it is a good situation but i think you grow up so quickly uh playing college hockey and you do you do mature much much faster i don't want to make you both too sentimental since you're since the season's winding down, but I, I guess my last couple of questions are: You've got two more weekends after this one at Yost Arena at home, at this historic building that that has this, you know, Michigan's got this great hockey program. What's your what's the memory that you're going to be taking with you of Yost Arena? That you know, provided that there's nothing spectacular that happens in those last two games, certainly you could have, have a memory from those. But what what's the thing that you think of when you think of Yost Arena the, right now? For me, it's uh, hands down the student section. I mean, these these kids are crazy. Our college peers just come, uh, you know, no matter what. If it's a slow year, what have you, they're there every night keeping the place rowdy and it's just uh it's unbelievable to play in front of such great fans and such great atmosphere every night yeah for me i think it's just like you said the student section the atmosphere is just honestly ridiculous like um we go for off-ice warm-ups about 80 minutes before the game starts and the student section is already starting to fill up um 
So their commitment is definitely shown through that. And I think when I think of that, I think of last minutes of play where it's a one goal game and the go blue is being chanted throughout the building. You can barely hear like there'll be timeouts called by the coaches and you can't, you can barely hear what they're trying to say. So um, I think the atmosphere is something that gives you goosebumps every single time, time you're in the building. And as well, you have this, this great home for your program and your program is also headlined by long-term coach Red Berenson, who's been there since 1984-85 season and he played at Michigan as well. What's the best Red Berenson story that you can tell a podcast, do you think? Oh, that's tough. There's so many of them. Um, I'd say we've had some pretty some pretty funny moments in like in team meetings and things where he'll kind of use like um comparisons to kind of how we're dealing with situations or how we how we want to be as a team and some of his analogies are definitely um different than you've than especially we've heard as a generation um it's hard to think of particular things because there are so many things honestly um but there are definitely a lot of things he definitely takes a unique approach to the way he handles things um but a lot of memories but yeah hard to hard to think of particular instances though understandable <laughs> Max Short, Nolan DeYoung, thank you both for coming on. I very much appreciate it. Best of luck this weekend against Ohio State and for the remaining six games of your regular season. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. All the best. The opportunity for Michigan to take some optimism out of a down year is definitely there. Depending on how the other conferences play out, Ohio State is starting to head toward the tournament bubble. If Michigan could play spoiler over the weekend, it could put the Buckeyes in a really tough position. Looking ahead to this weekend, the headline matchups are the Hockey East finales, and American Sports Network will be there tonight. With Notre Dame at BU at 6 o'clock, followed by BC at UMass Lowell at 8.30. Those games will be broadcast on Nesson in the New England area. Also follow Merrimack and Vermont series at Gutterson Fieldhouse if you can, as both teams can make significant improvements to their tournament outlook this weekend. One last big thank you to my guests this week, Sarah Potomac of Minnesota, as well as Nolan DeYoung and Max Short of Michigan. Also thanks to Blog Talk Radio and thanks to the American Sports Network. We'll be back next week to preview the men's conference tournaments and start looking at the bubble teams on both the men's and women's side of the game. I'm Tim Williams. This has been Puck University. Thank you so much for listening.